0: Welcome to the Fourth Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the Fourth Down Experience, former
1: pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time arena bowl champion. Nine-year pro kicking coach rep in the south, Coach Brian Jackson! 4DE Nation, here we are, ready to go with episode 17. My man Chris Hughesby, Brian Jackson here, podcasting about 4th Down experiences. Chris, how are you doing, my man? What's up,
0: Brian and 4DE Nation? I am doing well. Uh, still chilly here in Minnesota. I've been <laughs> counting down the days till we get rid of all the snow, all this cold, um, because that's when life gets wonderful here in uh in minnesota here just just warm weather and getting outside so uh i'm doing good family life is great um how are you doing
1: i'm good man it's just so funny because like every intro it's like cold snow wintry (laughs) not hot it's it's warm down here we're doing good guys we have a wonderful interview coming up today on our podcast, but we're going to do things a little differently today. We're going to go ahead and put both of ourselves in the hot seat. I have three questions that I'm going to ask Chris that he has no clue about and vice versa. We're going to ask the question. We'll go one by one. We have to answer the question and start answering it within five seconds of of the question being done. And then we'll get into our interview today. So Chris, are you down for that?
0: Yeah, let's do this. Let's alternate asking questions.
1: I like that. Sounds cool. Who wants to go first?
0: You ask first.
1: All right. First question. Chris Hughesby. you're on the hot seat. This is an easy one. Would you prefer to wear all white jerseys or do you prefer a dark jersey?
0: Dang, good question. Uh, I like dark. I like the color jerseys. I guess if I had to pick, I like the anthracite gray color jerseys.
1: Dang, you answered that quickly. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm a little scared.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, first question. Favorite NFL specialist you've met in person?
1: Oh, and that's why? so easy. Come on, Chris. That's so easy. Adam Vinatieri. Uh, I got to meet him two Super Bowls ago. Uh, collabing with him. Obviously he's my favorite specialist guy I looked up to my whole life without a doubt. Thanks Thanks for making me feel a little more confident about this. Hot seat. (laughs) Question number two. What's your favorite type of punt and why?
0: Ooh, good question here.
1: Um,
0: I actually like coaching and doing the uh, rollout rugby punt. Um, it's fun to do. Um, I can still do it. So if I'm teaching it and trying to demo it, I can still perform it. Mm-hmm. And I just think that ball looks sweet off your foot. If you roll out in a four-step punt, you hit it just right, and it spirals to the corner of the field. I just think it looks, it's fun. For me, it's fun to watch and see the kids do it.
1: It's super effective, too, you know?
0: It is. And you can, the benefit is you hit that spiral, it goes spiral, because it's aerodynamic. But if you miss hit it, it's a wobbler, and it's still hard to catch. And if the return guy doesn't get there in time, it's going to roll down the field most likely. So it's kind of a win-win-win situation, you know. I think.
1: Nice. Great answer. All
0: right, so that was a good one. Uh, that kind of ties into my second question for you. All right. <laughs> um, why did you start Team Jackson kicking? And what are one or two things you love about running your academy?
1: Oh great! Uh when I was playing arena football in Spokane, uh, I was in my early twenties. Uh, we had a few parents, few kids that um, would hit me up after the game and just say, "Hey, you do any lessons?" And you know, two, twofold. One was kind of giving back to the community, and two was you know making a couple extra bucks here and there uh, for my time. So that's what started it. And then once I came back home to Alabama. And met up with a kid by the name of Steven Broccoli, who ended up playing at Southern Miss. Uh, he's kind of the one that was like, "Hey, man, you got you got some talent on pushing guys' names out there and helping me out. So, you know, you really should keep doing this." So, uh, he's the one that kind of sparked me. And then, obviously, um, doing camps with you—that's uh, when we we knew we had something great. So, uh, I would say that's what started it. And I think just giving kids the opportunity to get exposure and get better and which we didn't really have those opportunities 17, 18 years ago. So, um, I think that's the biggest thing is just being able to, uh, use the experiences that we had in the past and how can we give these kids an advantage, uh, to give them their best shot of, of getting to experience what we experienced at the college level, you know? I would totally agree with what you said. It's a long answer there, but that was a fantastic question. Here's my third one. You're on the hot seat, Chris. You don't know what I'm about to ask. My last one. If you could punt for an NFL team other than the Minnesota Vikings, what team and why?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I think it would be fun. I always told myself if I was going to move to another city, because of like the sports in town and just to kind of be around a sports city, I was at Boston. So I'm going to go with the Patriots. Um, I think it'd be fun to be a part of that, that program and, and and perform with them. And obviously they're a winning program, you know, and uh, be fun to be a part of that.
1: Nice. All right. Going to the Patriots. Cool.
0: All right. Anybody that listens to these podcasts know that I always seem to have two parts to every question. So, um, Brian, If you could watch a football game in person, name the Dream College Stadium and Dream NFL Stadium you would like to watch a game in.
1: Wow. Okay. Um, man, this is a tough one. All right. I actually, let's see, this is playing, right? You said playing?
0: No, no, just to watch the game.
1: To watch, watch. Okay, to watch. Um... I've never been at Tennessee Stadium. Um, you know, I've been at Alabama's. I've played in, in Michigan's. I've played in Auburn, but I've never. I've only been in um, Neyland Stadium there at Tennessee for the Vols, just on an unofficial visit. Uh, it was like during the off season, but I've never been there during the game. And it's huge. It's a massive stadium. So I would definitely say Tennessee, um, and then I definitely want to uh, go um, as the one in Dallas, the Cowboys' Stadium. I'd love to be able to, to partake in that because uh, we've been on the outer skirts of it, but I've never been inside of it uh, to watch a game or anything. So those are the two that I would like to go to. Very nice. Yeah, Very cool. So that's tough because there's so many options, you know?
0: Yeah. Brian, I love that segment, man. It's almost like an ask any question type of format. That was cool. Yeah. Not knowing what you were about to ask. So yeah. we got to keep that thing going uh, intertwined with the podcast.
1: Yeah, and if you guys have any questions that you think we should ask each other, you can message us separately. Uh, Chris is at Special Teams FB on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Team Jackson Kick on Twitter and Instagram. So if you want us to ask your question to the other podcaster here on the 4DE podcast, uh, contact us. We'll give you a shout out. Uh, man, Chris, I know you're especially stoked about this interviewee today.
0: Yes, I am. Uh, the team that this guy represents has uh, been a team or, 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 or I've been trying to reach out to these, these specialists for a little bit and so I'm very excited to have this guy on and uh, I suppose we just got to wait for his call right? When's he going to call in? Yep. Probably fairly soon?
1: Yeah hopefully soon here. Alright Kev are you there man? I'm
0: here. Chris, Brian thanks for having me on. Yes Kevin thank you for being on the 4th Down Experience. Uh, we are very excited to have you on and me personally, as well as a, as a, a biased fan here, but uh, um, for everybody that's listening, we have Minnesota Vikings long snapper Kevin McDermott. Uh, he is our fourth snapper uh, in our series of interviews, but uh, first Viking, and I am thrilled since I am a big Vikings fan. So yeah, thank you, Vikings. Yes, Skull Vikings, Skull Vikings.
1: <laughs> hey Kevin, uh, Chris is probably nervous as a nervous wreck over there right now in your state. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well,
1: I mean uh we've got one hell of
2: a fan base up here in Minnesota and it's nice to know that uh, um, one of you guys is part of that. So, um you know <laughs> Chris, I, we
0: appreciate the support. Yeah, th- thanks man. Thanks man. So uh let's start this off obviously as a as a fellow Vikings fan. Um, you have been with the Vikings now for uh, looks like 3 seasons. Um this was a phenomenal season, um, you know, good run. What was it, in your in your own words, what was the season like and, and what were some things you learned from it, some highs, some some lows, and just what was the season like for you? I think that the team really persevered through
2: quite a few rocky points during the year uh, and to come out with a 13-3 and three regular season is unbelievable. And then to make it to the NFC Championship game, was a dream come true. Uh, obviously, we wish we could have made it to the Super Bowl and uh, gone all the way, but you know we lost to one hell of a team in and, and the Eagles. But uh, you look at uh, our early season, uh, you know, Sam Bradford has an unbelievable game in the uh, first Monday night opener against the Saints and then is out for the rest of the year. And uh, Teddy's not back yet, so Case comes in and takes the reins and plays unbelievable and leads us to a, a lot of wins. But in, we also had Dalvin Cook go down and tears ACL. We had a bunch of injuries that we had to overcome, and uh, um, I think that the team responded and we really had a, a good group of guys that cared about each other in the locker room. And I think that's why we were so successful this year. Yeah, that
0: was it was incredible, and obviously on our end as fans, nerve wracking. You know, but, I mean, that's just a testament to the coaching staff for keeping you all together, keeping the spirits high, and then obviously just having the right personnel of players in the locker room to keep you guys all, all as a unit. And um, what was it like uh, special teams-wise for you guys? You know, you, it seemed like you guys all had a pretty strong season overall. What was it like as, uh, with the specialist team?
2: Well, I, I think
0: we as a special teams
2: uh, room really were, focused on playing complementary football with the uh, really strong defense that we have and uh, setting our offense up to succeed. So, you know, we're always going out there on fourth down to set up our offense or our defense, whether that's pinning that, you know, opposing team down inside the 20 on kickoffs or punts uh, or getting a nice return to give our offense field position uh, that was really our goal every week. And, uh, I mean, if you look at the stats, Ryan Quigley, our punter, didn't have a touchback all season, which is, he's only the second punter in NFL history to do that. Uh, Kai Forbath had a great year kicking field goals for us. And, um, you know, Marcus Sherrills is one of the best returners in the NFL. So, uh, we have a really good group of core special teamers and, um, the tone set every week by, uh, uh, our special teams coach Mike Prefer, who does a great job game planning and getting us ready for uh, what we might see scheme wise.
1: Yeah, you guys, um, just very talented, very professional group. Uh, I was really impressed uh, with with all three of your displays. Um, one of the things that uh, we might bounce back and forth, um, Kev, but one of the things that I really loved seeing uh, was when you guys um, hosted. Uh, I think it's is it Danny Lilia or L- Laya? Yes, Lilia, yeah. Yeah, kind of talk about that, because that was just such an awesome story that went viral. Um, talk about that whole scenario. Yeah.
2: So those who don't, for those who don't know, Danny uh, is from a small town in northern Minnesota, and he was born with a um, uh, leg disability that um, has left him paralyzed from the waist down since birth. Uh, but he's loved hockey he's loved football his entire life and from a young age he didn't let that hold him back uh he plays um paralympic hockey and uh is hoping to make the paralympic team rep- represent the united states in a few years um, but he's still in high school and he loved football wanted to play football and uh, he's in a wheelchair so uh, he and uh the head coach of his high school football team uh, made a deal and figured out a way to get him out onto the field to hold for field goals and extra points. So uh he's been doing that for the past two years and Danny's a junior in high school uh now and with the Super Bowl being in Minnesota, the Vikings heard about his story and um honored him as a uh Vikings home game hometown hero and um, because our indoor facility and our practice facility has a very low roof. Um, our kickers have to go down to the stadium during the week when it's you know too cold outside to kick, and the, if the field is covered in snow. And one of the Wednesdays that we went down to kick at U.S. Bank Stadium, Danny and his family came and joined us, and uh, he watched myself, Kai, and Uh, Ryan practice during the day. And then Danny was able to come out and hold a few extra points for uh, catch some snaps for me and hold for Kai. And um, on the last kick, Kai told him, if uh, if we make this, you're going to the Super Bowl. And he kind of didn't understand what that meant. Uh, And sure enough, snap, hold, kick, went through the uprights and uh, Danny got two tickets to go see the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, I wish uh, I wish we'd been playing in the game so we could have seen the uh, hometown team play, but he's a pretty amazing individual and it was uh, an honor to be out there with him and get to know him a little bit.
1: Yeah, just just a fantastic story overall and it's so cool to hear it from you being one of the specialists that were with him, you know, as as a potential role model. Uh, I, I noticed it still seemed like he put the same zip on the snaps, and it looked like he did a fantastic job still holding those things. Yeah, he's
2: got great hands.
1: Uh, I, you
2: know, I was trying to slow it down a little bit, but I thought, you know, he he's he's athletic enough. He can handle this. So uh, I just didn't change a thing, and um, it went off without
0: a hitch. Nice. Uh, so uh, we got quite, you know, I uh, thought this would be a good opportunity, you know, you unfortunately hurt your shoulder right at the end of the season. I just wanted to ask you some questions about this because obviously athletes get hurt. There's a rehab process. Um, what, uh, what's it been like for you kind of going through your shoulder injury? And, uh, you know, they brought in an emergency snapper. Kind of what was that situation like? And then kind of what's the outlook looking like for you right now in bouncing back? Yeah, so uh, week 16,
2: um, second to last game, uh, right before halftime. 20 seconds left in the half. We we're playing at green Bay. It was, uh, four degrees outside and, um, snapped the ball back on punt and I uh, went to block to my left and my arm was a little stuck out to the side and it just got caught at a weird angle. And unfortunately, um, I dislocated my left shoulder, uh, and, um, Uh, the training staff was able to pop it back in, and I was going to try and go back in the game to uh, snap the rest of the game, but as I was putting my shoulder pads back on, it came out again, unfortunately. And uh, when a a, uh, shoulder joint is that loose, uh, going back out is not an option, because you can do a lot more damage. So uh, I um, was uh, hoping to come back for the playoffs and try to rehab for a week, but just with numbers, carrying two uh, two long snappers on the roster, it wasn't going to be um, you know, suitable for me to try and come back for for a playoff game, and there would be no guarantee that it would stay in and that I'd be you know not doing more damage. So uh, it, it was uh, the right decision for me to get it fixed, and I had shoulder surgery in early January uh, to fix a torn labrum, and. I'll uh, be going in, I'm in my, you know, third month of, of rehab now, and it's going very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, it's just getting full range of motion back and strengthening the joint, and um, luckily, I'll be able to start snapping here in about 15 days, and, uh, you know, from, from there, it's just continuing to get reps and continue to gain strength, and, um, you know, my, my goal is to be um back in OTAs and uh snapping with the team very
1: cool uh we definitely wish you the best of luck with the recovery and and I mean I, we have confidence everything will go well uh we we also had uh Matt Overton on the podcast uh, beforehand and and I don't know if it was the exact same injury it might have been but uh have y'all connected at all I know some specialists do some specialists don't there's just so many out there but uh have y'all connected because you're kind of going through a similar situation
2: well, uh, I know, Matt, just from uh, seeing him before games, we both know mutual people. Uh, just the, the uh, long snapper, kicker, punter fraternity is very small. Uh, there's only like, uh, 32 of us on each given team, so um, we are uh, a close-knit group. Um, I haven't talked to Matt since he's been injured injured unfortunately um, but uh, uh, I I know that uh, he's a good snapper and I'm, I'm sure his rehab is going well
0: so, so Kevin I've got a question so you're about to start your snapping again uh, in about 15 days so for for guys who have gone through this injury or might might go through it in the future what's what's your process on kind of drill you know your approach and, and what drills you're going to attack first and then how are you gonna of progress into it
2: um the the first and most important thing is not taking it too quickly uh, my job is to be ready to play on uh, september you know I, 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 let's just say september 1st is our first uh, uh regular season game um Everything's always building to that point. So whether I was injured or not, we're always building towards peaking at that time. Um, So going out and snapping 100 balls the first day that I'm allowed to snap is doing nobody any good. Um, So for for me, making sure that uh, I'm following my rehab routine, doing everything I can to eat healthy, get sleep um, let my body recover and then um, when I'm allowed to get back in the weight room and and gain all that strength back that you know everyone takes a break off during the off season so um, luckily I'm not that far behind and uh, you know the the goal is to be back with the team um, taking those reps getting back in the rhythm and uh, um, just trying to uh, um,
0: find the groove that you are trying to find every offseason when you're getting ready for the season.
1: Great yeah I think um, you know just there's, there's snappers out there that go through situations like this and, and I think um, you know these, these guys need to reach out to you and, and try to contact you and if, if they have any questions uh, you know there's always long snappers that, that come to our camps and our trainings that you know they have they have a lot of really unique questions and and you know me being a former kicker, Uh, Ball State and the Arena Leagues and Chris being, you know, more of a former punter, you know, uh, we still coach snapping. But again, we we didn't snap, you know, like like you guys have snapped in the league. So I think um, it's just it's just great that they can, you know, they have information like this from you. Um, This is kind of a sidebar question. Uh, You're from Nashville, Tennessee. And and I would relate that as the South, in my opinion. I think Tennessee is the South. Um, I would agree. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Alabama, you know, obviously we're a little more south down here, but, you know, you go to college out to UCLA. So what's that like going from kind of the, the south all the way out to the West Coast? Uh, was there a big difference there?
2: There was a huge difference. Uh, it wasn't a bad change. It was just different. Um I had applied to go to Vanderbilt and Notre Dame and Georgetown, UCLA, a bunch of schools all across the country. Um, and I wasn't against staying in my own backyard and I wasn't against going, you know, all the way to the West coast. Uh, I was just more interested in, um, the academics of the school and being able to also play sport there. And, um, as a long snapper, uh, when I was being recruited in high school, um, I wasn't recruited. I, I didn't have any stars on rivals or scout and I, I, I didn't go to, um, the kicking and snapping camps that are available to guys today. Uh, you know, those, those high school rankings that are now available to guys, uh, were kind of in their infancy when I was starting in high school and, um, in my, uh, uh I guess, uh, Time in high school, most of those were on the west coast or in the Midwest, and there weren't many in the south. So, um, I was playing basketball and football and running track and doing a sport during every season, so I wasn't traveling around doing a whole lot of football camps. So, I applied to some schools, and um, I was waitlisted or denied a bunch, and um, uh, because I was walking on places. They weren't going to help me get into school as a football player. I had to get in on my own, and then they'd allow me to play on the football team as a preferred walk-on. But at UCLA, I was able to get into school and uh, really liked the campus and the coaching staff and thought I would fit in out there, so uh, I was a walk-on tight end tackling dummy for three years, and uh, was also the backup snapper for Christian Yount, who ended up uh, snapping for the uh, Cleveland Browns for uh, four or five years. And then uh, when he graduated and and went to the NFL, they approached me and said, hey, we'd like to put you on scholarship, and uh, because we don't want you to get injured, we'd like you to stop playing scout team tight end and uh, just focus on long snapping. So that's when I made my transition.
0: Oh, uh, that's great. Um, so you, so this kind of ties into just a few questions here. So you were you were teammates with Kai Forbath for a period of time, right? You guys, I, I was. So how many years were you guys together? And then what was it like to reunite back in Minnesota? So we were
2: teammates for three years. My first three years at UCLA, and um, I did not snap once to Kai during a game. Uh, I <laughs> I started at UCLA. The year after kai graduated so uh when kai graduated i got the starting job as a long snapper Um, but we had so much familiarity with each other because uh we spent three years on the sideline together going to the same classes working out every morning together and going through practice as specialists together you know i'd be giving him practice reps during the day uh, and then the other uh, piece of this is the old punter who used to be here last year, Jeff Locke. Uh, he and I were roommates for five years together at UCLA. So um, towards the end of last year, we had three guy, three specialists all who were at UCLA at the same time. And um, that really makes uh, a difference when you um, have great relationships with guys from the past. So, um, you know, I think that having Kai our kicker, there's definitely a, a comfort level that um, some guys don't have in the league. So I, I count myself very lucky.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's just kind of awesome to hear, uh, you know, you say that as, as a former specialist and, and just the relationship and bond that it sounds like you guys have and even former specialists that you've worked with. Uh, it's, it's nice to have that bond because it's just going to make things a little more fluid on game day um, I'm looking at wikipedia, uh, you know, it's a pretty reliable source as we all know <laughs> And it says pre-draft measurables all values from pro day. All right, so it says six foot five 238 pounds and a four nine eight forty which I think is pretty damn impressive with that kind of body size uh, kind of talk about um, the process Uh, when you were finished with your amateur eligibility as a college-level player and then you're doing pro day and the draft and everything like that. Can you talk about that process?
2: Yeah. I was not one of the uh, highly regarded uh, snappers coming out of college. I had some um, eyeballs on me just because the punter
0: who was coming out with me at the time, Jeff Locke, uh, was you know the first punter
2: taken on in the draft my year, so he had a lot of guys coming to give him private workouts, and as a result, I got to snap at those workouts, which really helped my draft stock. Um, but you know, I didn't get invited to the Senior Bowl. I didn't go to the NFLPA Bowl. I didn't get invited to the Combine. I played in the Casino Del Sol um, All Star Game in Arizona in Tucson. Um, we played in the outfield of a uh, a single a baseball stadium and, uh, it was 28 degrees the night that we played our game. So it was definitely not one of the more high profile games. Um, but I ended up going to, um, Coach coach's honors, uh, I guess, senior, uh, college combine, mm-hmm. um, uh, when I was, uh, done with the pro with the all-star game. And then we did my pro day at UCLA and, uh, <laughs> then had private workouts and from there um you know there were a couple of teams who were interested in bringing me in for a tryout so um on after the draft i was uh, deciding between kansas city or san francisco and san francisco offered the best uh opportunity for competition which is all you can ask for and uh, i was able to go in there and and advantage of that opportunity and i ended up beating out a guy who had been there for 12 years so um wow. uh, I, I definitely learned a lot during that process but um it was uh um quite
0: the whirlwind three or four months mm-hmm. yeah. hey so i got a question kevin so you know you obviously beat out a few guys here in, in, you know 49ers the ravens and all that um your guys's precision is so good at the level how do they differentiate between you guys and, and who's who's doing better I mean I, I mean is, is it so close that you guys notice when you're off a little bit or how, how do you guys determine that type or how do they determine it do you think in your mind and then like what was the what kind of operation standards did you guys have to have for punts and field goals and, and all that yeah um, I think there are a few things that
2: play into uh, you know, who wins a competition first is, uh, are you physically big enough to do the job? Um, I, like you said earlier, I'm six, five, I, my playing weight now is two forty five. Um, you know, you, you have to have uh, a little bit of weight behind you to be able to stand up to rushes that are, um, coming sometimes from key linemen. Uh, I had, um, probably four or five games this year where I was blocking um, guys who weighed 320 pounds and that's on punt, not just field goal. So you have to be big enough to stand up to the, to the rush. And then um, from there, it's uh, how consistent are you on locations? Because um, it doesn't matter how fast you snap the ball. If it's, Low, high, left, and right on punt, and, um, you know, you have no idea where it's going to go on field goal, then there's not going to be enough confidence, uh, between the snapper and the holder on, um, uh, field goals and the snapper and the punter on punts. And the one thing that, you know, I take very seriously is making, uh, my holder and punter's job very, you know, easy and carefree. I want the the punter to not be standing back there worrying about where the staff's going to be he needs to be worrying about where he's going to put the ball and uh for both kai and ryan um my job is to make their job easy so location uh on field goal rotation of the ball uh when it comes to laces and then um you know, the actual spiral, you don't want to send a ball back that is uh, really wobbly because that makes their job much harder. Uh, and then I think the last um, uh, piece of the puzzle is um, actual speed at the snap. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, each coach is different, but a general overview for the entire NFL is um, getting your snap to around 0.75 seconds. Nice. Uh, that allows for uh, a one uh, a one two five get-off for the punter, mm-hmm. and that's uh, catch-to-kick. So uh, the goal is always to get a punt off in two seconds. Mm-hmm. And um, on field goal, you know, there really is no uh, need to fire a bullet back there because um, the, uh, the snap you know, is almost untimable because it's such a short distance. Um, you don't want to send a lollipop back there, but something that um, has a little bit of zip on it and it is very catchable because you also don't want to throw a laser beam that um, uh, breaks the holder's hands. And um, so uh, on field goals, our battery time is uh, around 1.3 seconds.
1: Nice, man. This, this information right here, just the last, like, two minutes that you have provided, I think it's just been super valuable information, uh, not only for the audience, but just for even uh, Chris and I as well. Because, you know, when we're around high school guys, we could be able to say, like, you really need to listen to this podcast with Kevin. I mean, the guys at the NFL level, this is what they're saying, you know, on a general overview is the speed you need to be at. So I think that gives kids hope. I think that gives them confidence, you know. And so I yeah. a lot of the well, stuff
0: the the size the
2: size thing which is you know one of the first criteria that people look at it doesn't matter much what your height is yes i mean if you're 64 that's going to open eyeballs uh, of an nfl scout just like you know a 64 uh, defensive end will do the same thing mm. um, but you know there are guys in the nfl right now who are Five ten at enter snapping, right? But you can't weigh two hundred and fifteen pounds and play in the NFL. You have to be strong and stout. So height um, is, you know, not a factor that will weed you out of the process. But if you aren't, if you aren't strong enough to withstand the rush, and if you aren't um, uh, big enough to sit sit yourself in the gap and not get tossed around, that can be an issue.
1: So speaking, so spinning off on that, and then I know Chris will be right after me on this, but So college snappers, there's so many um, collegiate teams that are doing spread punt. uh, Guys just have to get the snap back and then cover. Um, So if they have aspirations, you know, if they aspire to play in the NFL at the next level, um, would you recommend them at least just working on, you know, shuffling after the snap and just just developing that skill set?
2: Yeah, it's definitely a tough situation. My first. To my first year starting at UCLA, and the first and and the three years prior to that, when I was the backup, um, I was in a pro style system where there was uh, um, you know a two gunners on each side and a um, standard punt formation that you'd see in the NFL, and that was really good because I had to learn early you know, hey, snap and get your head up, and you got to be able to block, and, you know, it, it definitely was good for me to learn that, but then my senior year, um, we had a special teams coach who had come from the NFL, and he said, listen, it makes no sense for a run a pro-style offense. It is a huge advantage for our entire interior to be able to run downfield and and cover the kick uh, and not have to wait for the ball to be punted like the rule is in the NFL. So it would be dumb for us to, to run a pro style punt, but um, regardless, if we're in a pro style or a spread, you should be blocking. And so even, even when we were running our wide, everyone spread out a line in the line of scrimmage my senior year, I still would snap and take my steps. And, uh, you know, that might be different for some colleges because they have a good cover guy who they want to get downfield the second that the ball's out of his hands. But in the NFL, you're not going to be able to do that. The rule stipulates that the interior of the punt team is not allowed to go more than two yards downfield uh, unless, until the ball has been punted. And as we talked about earlier, that's two two full seconds. And so um, I think that it's, even if they're not doing it in games for people who have that aspiration to play at the next level to um, work on uh, blocking left and right and you know you don't have to get a whole lot of depth but um, you know uh, three yards, three or four yards at the most but just training your body to do that instead of snap and run down field will
0: make a big difference when you're making the transition nice
1: sorry go ahead Chris
0: no that's that's, that's great to hear. Uh, you know, it's fun to hear about the just kind of the elements of body control and, and, and just what adjustments you've made along the way. Um, quick question about this, and, and this is what we get from a lot of snappers, and in, in oftentimes these are what they ask us when they know we're about to interview a snapper, uh, a pro snapper. Um, what, what are some drills that have helped you along the way either become better in college and then kind of maybe some drills you use now as a pro that keep you efficient and in the top of your game? yeah uh so for
2: um uh actual snapping drills there's no replacement for just getting out there and getting good reps um you know i've tried different things here and there but you know the thing that i always come back to is just going out with someone who is a good holder not some you know sometimes it's it's good to instead of just you know going out and snapping to anybody wait till you have someone who knows how to get in the stance and how to catch the football because it's really hard to practice good laces if you know there's someone who's sitting upright and not really in a in a holder stance um and i think that um just going out working on hey Okay, I'm going to snap 10 balls. I'm going to try and get 10 perfect snaps. And, um, you know, if the first three have laces straight back, figure out why that is. Am I too close to the person? and Am I too far away? And, uh, you know, am I not following through far enough? Am I following through too much? And just always getting that constant feedback. Um, And then the other thing on punts is uh, I feel like, Um, one of the things that helped me the most when I was first learning how, um, to get out of my stance and block quicker is you don't need to have someone back up to 15 yards right away. Um, you know, stay at 12 and just teach yourself how to, uh, to follow through and get a good location and block, um, while your punter is standing at 12 yards, uh, and then, when you're comfortable there and you're consistent, you can go 10 for 10, then have your, uh, whoever's working with you move to 14 or 15 yards, wherever you are, uh, uh, you know, wherever your coaches have your punter lined up. And from there, it becomes much easier because the follow through doesn't change. It's just, um, uh, getting the confidence that the extra two yards aren't going to be that big a deal. Uh, but outside of actually snapping, um, you know, there are, uh, nice it, it's always great to have um a partner somebody throw a medicine ball or um have a blocking shield and the second you snap the ball rush upfield or throw that medicine ball at your head that forces you to um not care about you know uh, uh looking at the snap because you have to get your head up and you have to protect yourself and um uh, once you Get in that routine and can have someone catch that football and show you. Hey, listen, you didn't see where the ball went, and it still landed on my right hip. Then you have that confidence and the ability to trust your hands, follow through, and get up and, and block and protect yourself.
0: Yeah, that's well, great. So uh, that's that's a perfect transition into the next question here. Um, in season, uh, what's a typical day like? As a snapper, and even practice, like like how much are you involved? What do you do on the side? You' sitting on the exercise bike a lot. What's what's a day in a practice like for you? Well, so Sunday is game day. Uh, Monday we'll come in and,
2: as a team, have a lift in the morning and then watch the game from the day before. Tuesday is our off day, and um, you know uh, Wednesday is our first work day of the week. So. We'll be in at 7.45 for our special teams meeting. Uh, the entire special teams group after that will go up and meet with Coach Prefer in his office and kind of uh, uh, go over the, the, the day's plan. Um, and from there, it's getting ready for um, the opponent. So watching film on my own. Uh, writing down um, any tells that I can pick up from the punt rush team or the field goal rush team. Um, and uh, also looking at the opposing snapper. Is there anything that they do that I can keep tip off our punt return team to or our field goal team to uh, that might help us in some way? Um, and then you're also um, doing walkthroughs, going uh, and and uh, without pads, just rushes that you might see and then at, at practice um you know every wednesday thursday and friday uh, i snap every single day um you know friday not as much as wednesday on wednesday i'll snap field goals and punts on thursday i'll just do field goals on friday i'll do just punts maybe 10 field goals at the most um But uh, Wednesday is the heavy work day. We will have a live punt period. Um, We'll kick live on the side with our our field goal team, Um, you know, myself, Ryan, and Kai. And um, it's always just getting the confidence, working through the reps, and um, building
0: up to Sunday. Oh, that's great. All right, I have a question for you as a Vikings fan, all right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, coincidentally... Uh, Brian was with me at this moment. Um, we had actually wrapped up a mini camp that we ran, actually down in Savage, kind of kind of your neck of the woods where you guys practice. But uh, I got to talk about the Minneapolis Miracle. <laughs> uh, what was it like for you? I mean, what was your mindset like? I mean, it was obviously right at the end of the game. All the Vikings fans are biting their nails. Um, where were you on the field? Just what was that experience like? Like what was going through your head? leading up to that and after obviously
2: well it was a little bittersweet because i wasn't playing in the game because i was injured um i was i was in a an arm sling i was um let's see uh a week and a half out from surgery and um i was technically supposed to be just taking it easy avoiding all contact (laughs) staying behind the bench and um you know as the game progressed and we had a whole lot of um Ups and downs. Uh, You know, I kind of made my way onto the bench and was hanging out with uh, Ryan and Kai and um, was trying to give them, you know, any kind of uh, uh, distraction that I could. And uh, uh, when the last play uh, happened, I saw Stefan catch the ball and Kai and I started screaming, get out of bounds, because I think he caught it at like the 33 yard line and if he had stepped out, there was two seconds left on the clock and Kai goes out there to attempt a game when he kicked with, you know, and, um, I think that, uh, it only dawned on me as as he was, as Stefan was about the 10 yard line that, oh my gosh, this is really happening. They really didn't get him down. And, uh, um, at that point I just kind of ducked out of the way and let everyone run and, and get on the field because I didn't want to get tackled by somebody and uh, get my stitches ripped out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man, just an unbelievable play, because, uh, um, I mean, I, we don't have any NFL teams down here in Alabama, so growing up when I was getting into kicking, uh, I liked that purple color. Um, domes were kind of cool back in 2006, 2007, so, I mean, that was kind of a team that I was like, all right, this, this is pretty cool. You know, Gary Anderson with the one bar. Uh, but then, oh, yeah. You know, but then... Uh, As we're getting into the kicking industry and coaching and and all that, uh, one of the kids that I've uh, that Chris, both both Chris and I have worked with, um, who's now not a kid, he's a man. Lutz is the kicker for the Saints now. Oh, great! Um, So of course, you know, I'm giving Chris uh, heck when we're watching your game because we're I'm like, man, as much as I want the Vikings to win, man, I really want Lutz to, you know, he, he nails that field goal. Game's over. I'm talking mad crap to Chris, like game's over, dude, and. It was just unbelievable. Like I, I mean, I was even stoked just because it was such a wonderful play. And and Chris and his his little son, they were just going crazy in the basement.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's
0: the the Minneapolis fans definitely deserved that one. Uh, it felt like for parts of the game, it felt like uh, it was a you know a Vikings Packers type of family. You know where there's that kind of jabs going back and forth that's what it felt like with me and brian but it was it was incredible you know <laughs> and i'm sure you've heard that from every fan that you've encountered yeah not. well my, my my parents are both
2: from south dakota and um i have uh a lot of relatives that still live uh there or in the tri-state or in the twin cities area so i think that um you know, i just i heard from everybody like I, I just can't believe that happened that was so great
1: so uh, I got my last question, and then and then whatever Chris wants to do after that. Um, Kev, you've played over 70 games in the league. Uh, you're a veteran at this, um, but I mean, all of us have someone we've looked up to and whatnot. And and you being a position player as well as a long snapper. And the last six years, uh, when you played ball at the highest level, was, was there anyone that you played against, or even coaches, etc., that you were just a little starstruck?
2: Um, I think every specialist, uh, is always honored to meet, you know, the guys who have been around the game for a really long time. Uh, Adam Vinatieri comes to mind. I was lucky enough my rookie year to play with Phil Dawson, who, um, is now the kicker for the Cardinals, but, uh, has, you know, he's probably been in the league 16 years and, um, uh, you know, early this season, got to play Matt Bryant, who just today signed a new deal with the Falcons. Um, he's been in the league for a very long time. Uh, on the uh, special uh, uh, team side, those are the guys that come to mind. It, long snappers in particular, um, some of the guys I've looked up to are Don Mulebach, who's been with the Lions for a really long time. I mean, he still snaps it in the You know, point six five range, and he's been in the league for sixteen years, which is pretty unbelievable. So, um, and and every time it's right on the button. So, that uh, that's a guy that um, I think a lot of us look up to. But um, I think I think there are a lot of good role models for guys out
0: there, and um, luckily I've been able to play with a few of them. Nice. All right, I got three questions. Just because I'm (laughs) looking. Okay, off-topic question if a long snapper was ever going to be inducted into the hall of fame, who do you think deserves it? Uh, I think the consensus would be Patrick
2: Manley. Yeah. Um, he's, he's the person that is most widely recognized as the first, uh, um, long snapper,
0: specialized long snapper that did the most for the position. And, um, you know, I'd have to agree with that. Nice. All right. Personal questions here. Um, any tackles in games and any fumble recovers in games? And, and what does that feel like? Because you're kind of that one-on-one guy with that punt return. So, uh, I've had um, four tackles in my career and this
2: year is the closest I've ever come to a fumble recovery. We were playing in... Uh, um, Twickenham Stadium in London, and we were playing the Browns. And uh, I had the ball in my arms, and a teammate ripped it away from me. So we ended up still recovering the fumble. Uh, recovering the fumble, but it is not on my stat sheet, which I will never forgive <laughs> that guy for. Um, but uh, uh, you know, it's it's a um, it's a position that is uh, one that we're not always in. Because, uh, especially in the NFL, the fact that we can't run down until the uh, punt is actually away. Uh, Most of the time, our gunners are down there forcing a tackle. And uh, especially when it's a six or seven box look and it's not a rush. um, I mean, I know that the guys who are on my punt team are better cover guys than I am. They were... um, uh, place there because of their either speed, quickness or agility. And, um, so my job is to pick for them to get them out into coverage. So I'm not sacrificing myself, but I am spending more time getting them out. And, um, so that, uh, puts me as one of the, um, Last guys to leave the punt protection phase, and um, so rarely am I am I in that position where I am one on one with a returner. But um, your job is to get in front of them
0: and deliver a blow. Nice. All right, I got my last question for you. Two parts. Okay, two parts. Part of the yeah, two parts. I was I was two parts here. Um, Pac twelve and obviously the NFL. Name your top three stadiums you've played in collegiately and in the nfl
2: okay uh college the first is obviously the rose bowl which is our home stadium that's nice. really hard to beat that <laughs> uh two is uh neyland stadium uh tennessee's stadium um i know that you're an alabama guy but uh it <laughs> is <laughs> it, it, it neyland is amazing yeah um very loud And being from Tennessee, it was special to play there. Uh, And then um, I would have to say uh, Washington Stadium, uh, U-Dubs in Seattle. Everyone always says that Austin is such a great place to play in Oregon. Um, But I was always more impressed with uh, Washington Stadium. It's right on Lake Washington. It's just gorgeous, and it gets really loud. Uh, In the NFL, uh, my three favorites are um, number one is definitely U.S. Bank Stadium, uh, it's, it's new uh, it's definitely the coolest architecture um, that I've ever seen in the NFL it has a lot of character and um, it's got a great home atmosphere um, second would be uh, CenturyLink which is where the Seahawks play um, my rookie year we played in the NFC championship game and um, it's the loudest I've ever heard of stadium uh, The when the Seahawks fans realized that they were going to the Super Bowl. So that was uh, that was quite a, um, a display. And then third, uh, I really like playing in Buffalo. I've only done it once, but um, their fans are uh, definitely um, riled up, and uh, it's it's got an old-school feel to it. And I'm a little partial. My brother plays for the Bill for the bills. So, wow. um, I, uh,
1: I, I, always root for them. That's awesome. Cool. Man, uh, this oh, is, great. yeah, this has just been, I, I texted Chris while we've been talking, uh, Kevin and, and, you know, you know how kickers are and, and sometimes we're, we can be weird and quirky and all that. But this, I, I told him, I'm like, this has been my favorite interview out of the 16 podcasts. And I haven't said that on any of the pods, it, you've just been so down to earth. And so willing to just provide so much information that I just really appreciate you personally just um, for for talking with us and giving these guys a lot of really, really great information.
2: Yeah, hey, I appreciate you guys having me on, and um, you know, it's it's good information for young kids to have, and just uh, know that um, it's it's not too daunting if you're willing to to work at it and and
0: uh, and give it a shot. So yeah no this was great thank you so much as a fan and obviously for the interview it was great and for any of our listeners and and, and especially long snappers that do want to reach out to you and and maybe ask you a question or two um you can find kevin on on instagram Uh, it's kp underscore mcdermott so M C D E R 47 um that's how we communicated here so um you know, and Snapper. so if You guys want to reach out to him. he got questions. Uh, I'm I'm sure you'd you'd love to answer a few when you have a chance. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: So, and, uh, and Kevin, we just wish you well on on the recovery process. Uh, and uh, I'm I'm definitely going to be more excited to, to you know than I was before. Obviously, to be following your career and, and uh, I just wish you the best.
0: Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Yep. Yeah. Good luck. Thanks again. And uh, Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings.
1: Chris, what a fantastic interview by Kevin McDermott, man. Yeah,
0: I uh, really enjoyed that one. I know I say that in every interview. Uh, obviously, the fan side of it, for sure. But uh, he was so well-spoken. Mm-hmm. Uh, just explained explain things well. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like if I was kind of a, a naive fan of the game and always was inquisitive about the long-snapping role, mm-hmm. uh, he gave very good insight as to what it's like and and. Just a day in the life of a
1: snapper, really, dude. I'm like right there with you. Like whether you're a kicker, punter, snapper, uh, if you don't really care about the specialist, uh, if you don't like football, like that interview was just so well rounded. Uh, that's why I was just so impressed. Like you said, well spoken. Completely concur. Uh, I mean, I, I want to go meet that guy. I mean, that's just how good of a conversation we had. Uh, I think one of one of our best podcasts you know that we've had out of, out of the. Uh, I think it's like 17 now or something like that. He, he was just such just such a good guy, and, and I really just liked what he had to say uh, on all levels.
0: Completely agree. Completely agree. Well, next time you're up for a camp here, Brian, uh, we'll just have to hit up Kevin and, and see if we can meet him or uh, go check out a game and cheer for him from the sidelines or something.
1: Yeah, man. Um, the, he he just provided some, some good details that I think uh, long snappers definitely can, can improve with. And I think uh, – just his experience is great. I mean, he's, he's a vet. I mean, he's played in the league for quite a few years now, and uh, it's pretty cool hearing you know, who he looks up to and, and that Hall of Fame question, that was that was a pretty good question. I, I like that.
0: Yeah, thanks. I was just thinking about it. I was like, oh, man, I wonder... I was, well, I was going to ask, who do you think the first snapper will be? But I was like, it's probably a long shot, so who who's deserving of it most? You know? Right, right.
1: Well, cool. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, we know this was a little bit longer one, but uh, well worth the time of listening. We'd really appreciate if you guys left a review on iTunes for us. Uh, we're putting out really good content. Uh, we're putting our efforts out there to get really high-quality folks here on the podcast. So we'd really appreciate if you just took 15 seconds to, to rate us, give us five stars, leave a positive comment, something that you like uh, about 4DE. And, and if there's someone that you want us to interview in the industry, it doesn't even have to be an NFL snapper. It could be a CFL guy. It could be an arena guy. It could be a trick shot star. Uh, message us on 4th Down Experience Twitter and Instagram. Uh, We'd be uh, definitely interested in in seeing who you guys want on the pod. And and Chris, uh, you got anything else left?
0: Thank you guys all for your continued support. Again, I say that every week, but it's incredible. uh, The feedback that you guys give us, the support, um, allowing this to become an international podcast. Uh, Can't say thank you enough because... When we got into this, we didn't know where it was going to lead, and it's and it's growing really fast. And and again, the feedback is phenomenal, and the support's been great. So thank you guys.
1: Yes, thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. Yep, we'll see you next week. Peace.
0: Thank you for listening to the Fourth Down Experience.
1: Be sure to subscribe
0: on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at fourth down experience.